This episode is brought to you by Krishna Nos. Good morning. So today we are doing the Uddhav Gita. Now we had completed a previous chapter. That was chapter 16 from the Uddhav Gita. Today we are starting a new chapter that is chapter 17. This time what we are going to do is we are going to understand the different categories that are there in the spiritual creation. So when Purusha and Prakriti started this action of creation, how did it go about and what exactly transpired during that time? So we will get an understanding of this subject. This is slightly a, you know, a subject which is not having too much of, uh, what can I say, teachings as such, but it is a distinction between one and the other. So we will just get the picture. So we will begin with chapter 17. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita. It's a new chapter, chapter 17. Now Uddhava is going to say something to Krishna. Uddhava said, How many are the categories enumerated by the sages? O Lord of this universe, O Lord, regarding this, I hear that thou speakest of 28, divided into 9, 11, 5 and 3. So we will do the next verse also, verse 2 and then verse 3 also. So we will get a clear understanding of what is the question that Uddhava is asking Sri Krishna. Some speak of 26, others 25, some speak of 7, some 9 or 6 or 4, but others 11, some speak of 17 or 16 and some again 13. Verse 3 says, Thou shouldst tell me, O immortal one, the purpose which the sages have in view in thus definitely enumerated them. So this is a question which Uddhava is asking Sri Krishna. The question seems like a little odd, isn't it? Because he is talking about the number of sages that have said about these different categories. Now when we talk of categories, categorization means differentiation between one and the other. Like say for example, the air is different than water, isn't it? So that will be one category, this is another category. Sri Krishna says there are 28 categories. How many? 28 different categories. But he says, there are others who talk of 11, 5, sometimes 3, some 26, 25, 7, 9, 6, 4, 11, 17, 16 and 13. So, so many different, different categories are mentioned by the different sages. Here just a quick understanding for you. The sages from different different sects that is they have def they definitely like there are mimansakas there are you know different different kinds of sects are there they all have their own way of understanding the same it is the same object the object is the same but they describe it in a different manner now why does a person describe it in a different manner let me give you one simple understanding here. Suppose if I have to meet a person, that is a very beautiful person, a beautiful lady. If I have to look at that person, I will describe certain characteristics of her. So what is it that I observe about her? Maybe I observe her eyes. Maybe I observe her face. Or there are different other things that I can observe. So I am going to enumerate only those few characteristics, isn't it? So I have seen the face and the hair and her and the way she walks maybe. This is my observational skills. Some other person will say, oh you've seen the color of her eyes. Yes. 
Somebody else will say, do you know she has got a slight squint? So there are people who will find faults also. There are people who will say that she is very beautiful. So the same object is seen from a different perspective by different different people. Likewise in spiritual also, sages differ from each other because of what they observe. Their observational skills and the way they put something in front and something at the back. So that is the way how everything is done. Some people give importance to certain things and some people don't give importance to certain things. So those who give importance to certain things, they feel that that has got more value. So we all value everything. So let us say for example, there are young men over here. Now if I ask them, no, you want to get married, what kind of a girl do you want? Or if I ask a girl, what kind of a man would you like to marry? And she will enumerate those different different things he will also enumerate and in that category so did you understand where the word category came so so many categories are formed so in this universe also when the sages were describing the creation and the different different objects of creation they categorized it and everybody's way of looking at it is different so we cannot say that one person is right and the other one is wrong. We will, we should never judge a person just because he is saying that, oh, that person has got a very straight nose. Have you seen how big that nose is? Well, that is that individual's observation, not yours. Maybe you are looking at some other object, right? So it's the same thing when tomorrow when some you want to send your children to school or college. How do you send them? What exactly is the cat, you know, the way in which you select the schools? See, when you have kids, you want to send them to a good school. Some people say, I want to have the school the closest to my house. Why? Because then I can just drop them and bring them back. Just walk across and drop them and bring them back. Some person will say, no, I want to send them to a school over here. This area has got a good school. They teach this subject, this subject, this subject. Somebody else will say, Oh, you know, my friend is a principal in one school. So I will send my children to that school. Everybody's criteria are different. So did you observe that? So how do people distinguish between one and another? It's the way in which they have a hierarchy of things. Hierarchy. Some people will think that distance is good. So they will say, I will put my child in a boarding school. Some people will say, distance is bad. So I will just put them in the school just across the road. Correct? So again, it differs. What exactly do you want to prioritize? So your priorities have to be clear. Now in all this, the spiritual masters from the past, the yogis who did the research, they researched from their perspective. Remember, everybody is an individual born as a human being. All these yogis, all these spiritual masters were born as a human being. So when they are born as a human being, they have their own you know, narrow width, the narrow bands in which they operate. So they cannot see the whole universe as a different one. They, they, they only look at a narrow band. And when they look at a narrow band, that is what they are good at. It is yesterday when I was talking to someone, the person said, you know, why are there people who are very good in certain subjects? Because they do 12-hour study in that subject. Suppose there is a person who is a painter. So this person will keep on painting for 12 hours, 13 hours at a stretch. That is the kind of effort they put in one object. So that is called the single pointed devotion. And depending on that subject, that is where they will be. So let us take for example, somebody is doing 
say graduation in like I did in chemistry. So somebody who is doing graduation in chemistry, what is the subject that they can take up afterwards if they have to go for higher studies? So everybody's perspective will be different. Some person will say, oh, I am getting a job in my near pharmaceutical or in a chemical company. So I will take up this subject so that I, it will help me get the job. One criteria. Second criteria is, no, I want to do research. So I want to become a research chemist. So they will go in a different direction. The third one will say, can I take up biochemistry? Now that has nothing to do with chemistry. It is more to do with biology. So the biochemistry is slightly a different subject. Some people will say, oh, I want to do, you know, something which is called biochemical engineering or some such kind of a weird subject. Yes, you can do that as well. Somebody will say, I want to do the physicochemical principles. That is called PCP. That will help me in studying the processes. How this thing works. Again, that is a different subject. So, now I have given you an understanding. So, which one is your priority? And your priorities are dependent on circumstances and the way you are building. So, the way you are built, you will always go in that direction. And that is the reason why this question has come up to Uddhava. Uddhava is asking, Krishna, this, these things are there. Why are there so many different, different varieties? Say, you said it was 28, somebody says 17, somebody says 3, somebody said 7, somebody says 9, 10, 11. Whatever number they want, they are quoting. But can you tell me exactly what this is? So we move to the next answer. So this is what the question has been. Can you please let me know how many categories I should think of? So Krishna is now going to give an answer. So we are doing chapter 17 from the Uddhav Gita. This is verse 4. The Lord said, Howsoever the sages may speak, it is quite in order, for all the categories are included in every enumeration. And what is impossible for those who speak accepting my wonder-working Maya? <laughs> so here Sri Krishna is answering Uddhava, in a manner where he says, don't worry. See, the sages are allowed to speak whatever they want to. They can say whatever they feel like. Whoever has said there are 5, 10 or whatever, that is perfect as far as they are concerned. At the end of the line, who is it that is going to distinguish all this? It is called Maya. So those who attended my yesterday's you know, satsang on the Das Bodh will remember this particular incident. Maya, she is the creatrix of this whole whatever mess that is there around us. <laughs> it's like a, you know, Belpuri. Okay. It, she creates this wondrous kind of a thing. Alright. Now what is this wondrous thing? Sometimes, the child will say, Mommy, I want idli. So mother says, Okay, fine. And she makes a batter. She will make the idli and give the child. The other child will say, oh, I don't want idli, I want dosa. The same batter is used, slightly diluting it and making it into a dosa. The child, somebody else will say, I don't like dosas, you know, they are very thin, crispy. I like something which is thick, thicker. But I don't want idli, I want thicker. So she will make an uttapam. Alright? Somebody says, oh, I don't like the plain uttapa. It tastes like just the dosa and something. Well, can I have some onion uttapa? So she will put some onion on top of it and gives them. Somebody else will say, I don't like this. Okay, then what do you like? I don't like the South Indian food, you know. Oh, is it? You don't like South Indian food? Then what do you like? Can I get dhokla? It is easy. The same batter can be used for making dhokla. You may not know this, but it is across the board the same thing. Why? 
because that is how it is you just have to put a little bit of chana dal you know that chana gram flour in it same batter put gram flour in it put a little eno you know the eno that you drink for clearing your stomach and you know the gases and all the same eno you put in that batter and then you steam it same thing becomes dhokla so what is the big deal in that somebody will say i want appam i want something else you know kuli paniyaram oh my god so many things did you understand what i'm saying it is the same blessed thing just a little twist here or a twist there a little ingredient here a little ingredient there at the end of the day it is the same framework so maya has this very strange ability of twisting the framework according to their individual taste so yesterday when we were doing this you know das bodh i gave an understanding where i said you know samarth ramdas says that whatever you can think of you can think of any creature you can get angry with people you can get upset you can shout at them you can curse them and call them names you say a lot of things do you know every time when you open your mouth and say something good or bad those creatures get produced in this world yes now what do you mean by the creatures now if you recollect just prior to this there was the saptashati going on in which they found that there is a character called raktabij now every time when you cut off one portion of his body okay let us say you cut off his finger from that the blood oozes and every drop of blood creates a demon because he is a demon and every drop creates a demon isn't that what is true for you also you will ask me how is that possible well look at your dna okay with your dna sample in the future in the near future very close future we will be able to create clones out of you what makes you think that you can't do that so you are also literally like a rakta beej isn't it rakta you have the rakta and inside the rakta is your dna and with that dna we can replicate you so now think about what maya is doing just now maya can twist and turn whatever you say also you say that you know this person is a very bad person i wish he dies now you have said these words you actually don't realize what you have done because human beings they are not so intellectual they don't have the knowledge which is called the knowledge of the spiritual or the knowledge of higher than that which is called jnana and vijnana if everybody had jnana and vijnana then this whole world would be a very beautiful place but we are not human beings are fallible so they say something mar jaye you know person says just go and die man why are you here in this world you have said these words many a times you don't know let this person go and fall in the ditch have you said these words let this person fall in the ditch let him go into the gutters you have said these words and they were said in anger maya is the creatrix of all these things she says this god this person who is the small portion of the divine has said let that other person go into the gutters i will definitely put that person in but maya herself will not do maya herself doesn't do anything maya does what is called she has got so many assistants by the way they have got a whole load of assistants maya is the ceo why will the ceo dirty their hands they have so many assistants in so many departments 
So she instructs a particular department and says, tell this person to create that ditch for this person. And there you have it. So this person falls in his life. Who is responsible? Whoever has said those words is responsible. Now, please remember one thing. If you are a boss or if you are somebody who is in charge of something and if you tell another person, you tell someone, okay, you say, go and kill that person. You are the dawn. You go and tell, kill that person and come. Then what happens? Are you not responsible for the action which you have initiated? So from your mouth, you said the words, let that person go in a ditch. Maya listened to those words. Maya creates the ditch and the person responsible for putting that person. Because you need tools. You know, tools are those demons. Tools are the demons. They are called demons. Actually, they are not demons. They are the ones who are doing the job. So she creates these tools so that this person can go in the ditch. Why did you have to say that? Well, you were angry. That is why you said it. You don't have control over your tongue. That is why you said it. You don't have control over your mind. That is why you said these ugly words. They culminate into action. Remember, if your words have created that action, the karma is yours. I was saying just now, if you are the dawn and if you told your downline to go and kill someone, whose karma is it? The dawn's karma. He has initiated the action. Got it? So the buck stops with you. So every time when you say something bad, you are actually making those things converted into karma. The actions that happen along the path, they are not the karma of that person, but yours. So you have created this. Who is going to pay for those damages? You have to pay for those damages because you did something which was not required to be done. The material world functions in a particular manner. Some people will make a distinction. So that distinction I will just clear in a minute or two. So whatever words you said culminated into action. The action happens to that other individual. But you get the repercussions because it is your karma. Suppose you don't like a person and you say, let that person die. And actually that person dies. Alright? The death of that person will be your karma. You made it happen. The buck will stop at you. But you will say, those were just words. I never meant anything like that. It is not about meaning or not meaning. You have to be careful what you speak. Isn't it true? If you do not mind your tongue and your language and the thoughts which are escaping your mind, who is responsible for the damage that is caused in this world? You are. So you better be very careful how you speak. Alright? Because if you do not understand the repercussions, then karma is standing knocking at your door. Karma will take you on a journey and you will have to suffer for it. So why get into these kind of traps with people who don't even matter to you? You have said those words to that person because that person might have done something wrong. Why should it matter to you? Now, there are some great people here who will think, Guruji, but you are saying something wrong because they have learnt a little bit of spirituality. Little knowledge in spiritual is not good. So that little bit of spirituality they understood, they will say, Guruji, what you are saying is called destiny. 
which called destiny. It was bound to happen. That person was supposed to die. That is why he died. That is called destiny. Then why are you blaming me? I never did anything. That was bound to happen to that person except that these words came from my mouth because God wanted me to say those words. This is the distinction which they make. Why? Because they have lesser knowledge. They do not have perfect knowledge in spiritual. Little knowledge is dangerous. So just because you are now twisting the knowledge which you have got from one department, putting it in over here and saying like that. Let me correct you over here. It is not that that person is not destined to die. That person is destined to die. See what I am saying. That individual was destined to die. That death was inevitable. But you were nowhere in the picture. You were nowhere in the picture. That person's death was programmed at that hour. But because of the action that you seem to think that person has done for you. And your interpretation by the mind. You got involved in that action. You may not understand what I am saying. So let me give you a clear scenario. There is a fight going on on the streets. There are fights going on in the streets. Two people are fighting with each other. So one person is giving bashing to the other person. So this person has got four people with him. And that person, is poor fellow, is alone. So four plus one, five people are bashing one guy. When that is happening, some people from the other person's side come and they start fighting. Now you have a sense of say, that person is right. I should take his side. So you try to poke yourself in the middle of this fight. And you try to put these two people aside. Hey, don't fight. Hey, don't fight. So you interfered in the fight. Got it? And then what happens? The whole fight becomes all these two parties get together and bash you. Because you came in the middle. Why were you why are you trying to put yourself in the middle of this fight? So did you get this answer? When husband and wife are fighting, some other person from outside will try to, you know, goad the wife or the husband and then they try to create that more fire in that place. And finally, at the end of the day, that person becomes the winner. This is exactly what happens. Though the destiny had programmed that person's death, but because you interfered in it with your words and your thoughts, you became a part of that person's karma. Why are you interfering? You are just supposed to do your job and get out of that place. Why do you want to get yourself entangled in the material world? That was not your concern and yet you got into it. Now, some of you may not understand what I am saying. So for them, I will give a slightly different explanation. Let us say the parents. Okay, there are father and mother. Now they are dividing the property. Alright. Now when the property division is happening, they have three daughters and one son. Okay. So they are giving the son half the property. Half. And the three daughters, they are giving half of the rest. That is. So let us say the property is worth one crore. They are giving 50 lakhs to the son. And they are giving the balance 50 lakhs between these three girls. Right? Now when this is happening, maybe you are the husband of one of the girls. And you will say, how is this possible? Why should he get 50 lakhs? I want, my wife should get half of it. 
because my wife has taken care of this family more than that they have taken care then that that boy has taken care he is not even bothered he is gone away but these three daughters they have taken care and this one my wife has taken care of the parents quite a lot so she should get at least 50 lakhs so you interfered you are the husband of that girl so you interfered then a fight ensues because that person will say no my father and mother gave me 50% i am the son of the family i should get this a doctor say do you know the indian supreme court it has ruled that property has to be divided amongst four okay you have to get quarter i have to get quarter other daughter and the fourth one so all the four people will get quarter 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 equal in quantity it cannot be unequal so the son sues these people says no i am supposed to get half of it do you understand this is called stupidity and you got embroiled in that action by just taking part in it maybe you are not the husband you are just friend and the friend says yeah tumko to 25% you should get 25% of it but you should fight for 50 now you unnecessary you have poked your nose in the middle please remember there is a very fine universal law and the universal law states what has to come to you will any which way come to you isn't that the universal law can anybody stop anything coming to you no god has willed that thing to come to you so it will anyway come to you so why are you fighting over this why are you interfering so in the same way human beings interfere in other people's lives when you interfere in somebody else's life or your own people's lives you are causing karma to yourself not to them they will be a part of a little karma in their name but you are going to get completely embroiled in this karmic action so you are trapped so any time when you utter a word even by mistake from your mouth maya listens to those words she creates these illusions in the world so if one says says there are three for him she will create only three some sage says five for that sage she will create only five some person will say some sage will say there are 25 of them not 2 3 and 5 25 for that sage she will create 25 same principles broken down like i explained to you the idli can become dosa also it can become uttappa also it is the same stuff which is packaged differently and given to different people that is maya's job but the more you interfere the more you are going to get entangled in this cycle so krishna is saying howsoever the sages may speak it is quite in order it is all right for all the categories are included in every enumeration everything is included in that dosa or the idli batter everything is included in that it's just like as if the whole thing is there in that and what is impossible for those who speak accepting my wonder working maya sir why do you think that it is difficult for the sages to say what they say some says says 5 some says says 17 some says say 20 somebody will say 23 somebody says 27 somebody says 28 doesn't matter to me maya is the wonder working maya <laughs> she is the mother of everything she is that magical person who can create whatever that is needed so now i hope in this you got your lesson never open your mouth and interfere in other people's lives unnecessarily
Stay out of all this. Spiritual people just sit in one place and do not bother their head about what is happening in this world. They will say, Kisi ko shadi karni hai, karo. Not my concern. Somebody wants to get well, okay, not my concern. Le Maya will handle it. Somebody wants a child, their concern, not mine. You think I am going to create babies out of air? No, it's not my concern. They have just brought it to my notice, doesn't matter. I am no way involved in this action. So a true sage is not at all involved in any action. He doesn't give any kind of opinions anywhere. He doesn't interfere in the working of this world. Do you get the point? A true sage, a real sage, doesn't interfere in this world. There is a place called Thiruvannamalai. There is, there was a sage which stayed over there. His name was Ramana Maharshi. Ramana Maharshi never indulged himself either in politics or giving judgments to people. He never bothered whether the village had water or no water. He was not bothered about rivers. He was not bothered about bridges. He was not bothered about you know, hospitals or people getting well or not well. Why should he bother? He was just sitting in one place. Sai Baba never bothered whether he said, you know, during Sai Baba's time of Shirdi, he never said, we should have an airport over here. There should be a railway station in, in Shirdi you know, so that everybody can go. He never bothered about it. People came from very far, Mitonga and all those kind of things. He never said, oh, let me get the nice, uh, you know, aeroplane over here. He never said that I want to create roadways over here so that the buses can come. The state transport buses will come over here. He never said any of those things. Sages who are real sages do not interfere. Ramakrishna Paramahansa just lived in the temple premises for many, many years. He never bothered to go anywhere. Alright? He just stayed there, met all those people who came. Some people wrote about him, so he became famous. Alright? There was many people who wrote about him. Pandit Shashadar said a lot of words about him. Hmm? The Brahmo Samaj people went and talked about him in their newspapers and various other places. That is why people started coming over there. He never said, Oh, there are no roads outside this temple, you know. I have to build a road. He never said anything like that. He never said that we have to dig a well over here or create different, different kinds of things. So true sages do not interfere in the material world. If you are in spiritual and if you are poking your nose in all those things, alright, Please understand one thing. You are a part of that karma. If you are interfering in anything, it is your problem. You might be a sage, doesn't matter. If you are some great, you know, great guru or maharaja or something like that and you are creating all those hospitals, let us say you are making a hospital or you are making a, you know, a dam or something like that. Now, I will give you an understanding. If you are the person who is making the dam and if there are more than 10,000 houses displaced because of the dam, what did I say? If you are creating, say, a dam and because of that particular action, you are displacing 10,000 people from a village, you are giving them some other houses to stay, no doubt about it. But this displacement which you have caused will be your karma. The 10,000 people who got displaced, Maya is looking at you. So that action will be on your head. And the curses of those people will fall on you. Remember in yesterday's Das Bodh, any curse that you utter from your mouth, you are creating a demon. So as many people that are there, if you have displaced 10,000 villagers, 
their curses are in your name they have created these 10000 demons which are going to destroy you you think in this life not necessarily it could be any life so never interfere and that is the reason why krishna says whatever people say my maya is there she will create and give it is not as you put it but it is as i put it so uh, we are going to do the next verse now hmm? so we are doing chapter 17 from the uddhav gita we are doing verse 5 krishna is saying to uddhava it is not as you put it but it is as i put it this sort of a fighting over the issue is due to my powers sattva rajas and tamas which are so difficult to get rid of this is a very very loaded sentence do you understand it's an extremely loaded sentence the repercussions are tremendous in this sentence he says it is not as you put it it is the way i put it i have defined this universe all right people think that they are responsible and they say this is how i say it they mean and they believe that they are responsible and then they take in they interfere in this universe's creation so this sort of a fighting over the issue is due to my powers they are called sattva rajas and tamas which are so difficult to get rid of those who think that they are doing good to mankind who are these people who think that they are doing good to mankind i will plant 1 billion trees people say these words isn't it even imran khan in pakistan says that i will plant 3 billion trees and which he did by the way in pakistan so there he is building who said these words that fellow said it so some baba ji over here will say you know i will plant trees i will do this why am i talking about baba ji's and all these fellows is because these are the sages who have defined 3 7 11 you know all those things that they said so many distinction they they say whatever they feel like krishna is saying they are allowed to say because they are egoistic they don't understand because they are driven by my principles called sattva rajas and tamas actually the sattva rajas and tamas are the ones which are making them do what they have they say because they are either sattvic they are rajasic or they are tamasic the three distinctions of these people are the sattvic kind i just want this whole region to be lush and green they say these words they will say that i want to get the river water from you know godavari river to this place okay krishna flows from here kaveri flows from karnataka but i think i will get the godavari from there to karnataka so they will talk like this oh satvik person ah very nice i will do it the way i want it it is not as you put it but it is as i put it so these egoistic people talk this language they have ego arrogance and they have the attitude of i me myself and then they talk also in that manner remember one thing if you are in spiritual it is not your job to keep on poking your nose in other people's matters it is god who is going to do what he has to do if he wants to get water or rain in this place he will get it why are you interfering 
Today there is an issue of the people who have migrated from Burma into Bangladesh and now they have come into India also. The issues are there of Rohingyas they are calling. So there are some people who are saying send them back. That is a choice. It is a politicians who can say. But if you are a sage, it is not your job to interfere in that. You are That's not your calling as a you just got to stay out of all these controversies. You are not supposed to interfere in any of these things. So if Maya wants to create 7 categories, 10 categories, 28 categories, 27 categories, what is it to you? Why do you have to poke your nose in this? So when so many sages and so many people keep on distinction, you know, making this distinction, so many categories are there, so many things are there, that is their problem, don't bother. So Krishna is explaining to Uddhava and saying, don't bother about it, sir. There are seven categories, there are ten categories, there are twelve categories. Everything is Maya's creation. Maya is my own Maya, not anybody else's. And whatever that person is having, is having a narrow point of view. Don't indulge in it. Don't indulge in narrow point of view. For a greater cause, I will tell you something. Human beings have this tendency of interference. Where you are not supposed to be bothered, you will poke your dirty nose over there. This is like this and that is like that. Why do you have to do that? Don't get involved in any of these things. It is your ego talking. So, he says this sort of fighting over the issue is due to my own powers. I make these idiots fight over each other. Only a true sage will never indulge in anything. He will say, Krishna, whatever you say is right. Okay? Krishna, whatever you say is right. I am not even going to tell the world that there are seven varieties or there are ten varieties or there are these or there are that. I don't want to interfere in your creations. You know what to do. Let your Maya do what she wants to do. That is her choice. It is your dream. She is just going to make it happen. But just because I put my nose in the middle, oh my God, I am going to get bloodied. The nose, I am going to get smashed in the middle. So this is the truth in your life also. You are a student of spirituality. Please don't get involved in activities which are the stupidest of their kind. Because there are lots of people who will make you fall into those actions. I was visiting, I, I, was, I was in some ashram somewhere. And this Babaji told me, you have to sell my courses. So what bullshit are you talking? So you are not a Babaji if you are telling me to sell a course. No, you know, I am doing this course on meditation and on, on yogasana and this kriya and that kriya, all kinds of kriyas and yogasanas and all that. And they literally force their own students to market those courses for them. I walked out of that place. Why? Because it is not that person's job to sell courses. Spirituality is not sold in courses. So I personally, I made my statement very clear. I said, I am not here to sell courses. Okay? That's it. I am going out. And I walked out of that place. That is something which is what Krishna is talking about. It is called unnecessary interfering in my way of doing things. Interference in Maya's world. Do not interfere and create distinction like this. Got it? Everybody wants to market something or the other. 
don't indulge in this kind of things please understand my statement don't even get entangled in it because if you are a part of it that is your karma it's because of you people come and donate people do something you know they join the courses or they do something like that their karma is on your head it is a very dangerous thing if somebody is joining because they have tensions in their life because they have problems they have issues with their family members or their bosses or they don't have a job and they say okay please do this course you know this is very good this will help you okay and you think you are doing some help in this world is it yes this course is very helpful you should join this course are you the one who interfered in their life god wanted them to suffer who are you to poke the nose in the middle so you did now whatever that happens to them it is your karma sir because of that because they did that thing they may suffer more depression they may get entangled in a lot of other things that is your problem because you poked your dirty nose in the middle and this is what he is saying what is impossible for those who speak accepting my wonder working maya it is not as you put it it is the way i put it this sort of fighting over the issue is due to my own powers sattva rajas and tamas which are so difficult to get rid of it is very difficult to get rid of sattva rajas and tamas sattva rajas and tamas can put you in the cycle of karma don't indulge in that so this is the way in which krishna is explaining to uddhava so we will move to the next verse we have sufficient time for one more verse if possible so we are doing chapter 17 verse 6 from the uddhava gita it is the disturbance amongst these that causes the doubt which is the ground of contentions among the disputants this doubt vanishes when one attains calmness of mind and self control and after that dispute too is at an end it is the disturbance amongst these the disturbance amongst these gunas sattva rajas and tamas let me again bring you back to the story there are two people fighting and according to you this man is right and this man is wrong have you decided who is right and who is wrong or let us take another case these are five people and they are bashing one person up and your heart is crying out for this one person they said the poor fellow he is getting beaten so badly you know i should interfere in this fight and let them not beat this man so out of your sattva guna you interfere the previous example was rajoguna it is because of rajas you thought that there is right and there is wrong third example there are five people beating and there is one person being beaten up that person is doing something wrong maybe he has eloped with a girl he has eloped with a girl and he was caught and these five people are bashing him up because they say you cannot run away from this you know we cannot take this girl away and run away and so you join the gang of these five people because you think that this is not a right thing you know how can he do this to us and you also start bashing him you have joined the gang because of your tamoguna so the same example i gave you three examples sattva rajas or tamas he says it's a disturbance among these krishna says it's a disturbance among these that causes the doubt which is the ground of contention among the disputants so this is a dispute the fight in the in the middle of the road was a dispute so in the material world the more you interfere in this world 
The more you poke your dirty nose in people's affairs, the more you get embroiled in this kind of affairs, the more you want to be a part of this right and the wrong thing, the more your mind says, you know, what they are doing is not right. The property is being given to the son. That is not right. This is the previous example that I gave you. Three girls and one son. You are interfering in issues which are none of your business. So you will be between these three gunas. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. And because of these disturbances amongst these, that cause the doubt which is the ground of contention among the disputants. So in the spiritual world, these sages, what they did was, they had their own Sattva, Rajas and Tamas describing them. This is good, this is not good. And so for that reason, the disputants, all these different, different people giving different, different explanations. Somebody said three, somebody said five, somebody said seven, somebody said nine, somebody said seventeen, somebody said nineteen, then twenty-one, then twenty-eight. It is the disturbance. And because of this, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, there were disputants. Everybody disputed with each other. Everybody thought that they are right from their narrow point of view. This doubt vanishes when one attains calmness of mind and self-control. And after that, dispute proves to an end. Don't get involved in controversies. Don't take sides. Don't interfere in what is happening in this world. It is none of your business. Somebody has to do something. Why are you bothered about it? At this point, a person who was a rich man, who was sitting with Ramakrishna Paramahansa said, but isn't it right on our part that we have to make hospitals? I have to build hospitals so that people will get the services, so that people can get cured. Ramakrishna Paramahansa looked at this person and says, Of course, God uses idiots like you to make his hospitals. If God wants to build a hospital, wants to build a road, wants to build a tank, wants to change the rivers, wants to you know, make this whole place green, wants to plant 10,000 or 1 million trees, he will have idiots like you placed over there. They are not spiritual people. Okay? So if God wants to get it done through people like you, he will, he will use you to get it done. But if you are a spiritual person, it is not your job to interfere and poke your nose in this. So you have to be peaceful and calm where you are. Do not interfere in anybody's life. This doubt vanishes when one attains calmness of mind and self-control. Control yourself. Don't get involved. Don't utter dirty words from your mouth. Shut your mouth and your mind. Do not curse anybody. Do not say anything bad. Do not give opinions. Do not give ideas. You are not some great shakes that you can talk whatever you feel like. Silence. So have this calmness of mind and self-control. And then what happens to this dispute? The dispute will come to an end. Because you are not interfering in it, are you? So spiritual people, those who are joining my satsang, please understand, if you are true spiritualist, don't do anything which is going to put you in a karmic path. Unnecessary, don't do things which are not your concern. If you have a guru, go and talk to him. Ask his permission or he will show you which path to take. Just follow that path and the karma is his, not yours. But if you do not listen, then it is your funeral. Your karma. Maya darling and you 
both of you handle your case. I am not even bothered about it. Krishna is saying these words. He says, this dispute will come to an end if only you have a little peace and calm in your life and do not have, you have a policy of non-interference. Got it? So we have come to the end of verse 6. So tomorrow we will do verse 7 onwards. Thank you very much. You have a great day today and I will see you all tomorrow. Bye.